Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the With Lovelina podcast. Today, I am super excited because I had my friend Grant on the podcast and we talked about healthy relationships, whether that's a romantic relationship or a friendship in college and how difficult it can be adjusting to a new place with new friends and completely new people. And Grant and I talk about this subject a lot. We're just pretty passionate about healthy communication and healthy relationships and we've had this conversation multiple times and this time we just recorded it and it's a really great episode and I think that you guys will get a lot out of it. So here we go. Without any further ado, here is me and Grant. Hey Grant. Hi. How are you today? I'm doing good. Yeah. I'm having a pretty good day. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. We both just had ballet. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't really have anything else before that. I know you technically have a class. Yeah, I had accounting, but I usually never skip class, but I did skip today because <laughs> I've been feeling kind of sick and it's also almost tech week for Beauty and the Beast and I have not skipped a single class and it was time. 8 a.m. accounting needed to be skipped today. Yeah, I skip a little too much. Yeah. I feel like I skip... A moderate amount. I only skip as much as like we're allotted. Uh-huh. Like I don't let it eat into my grade, but I am one of those people who's like, I have three skips in this class and I will be using three skips for this class. Yeah. Well, how many of you use for ballet? I think two at this point, so I can't skip anymore. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So here's my question from the 450 questions for Grant, which is, do you have any pets and tell me about them? Yes, I have. So I have three. Well, No. Four house pets. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my dog, Gus. Um, he's my best friend. I love him so much. And I miss him very much while I'm at school. Yeah. Um, we, like, grew up together, uh-huh. which is kind of cool. I got him whenever I was in, like, eighth grade. And during eighth grade, I was homeschooled. So for, like, the first year of his life, it was just me and him at the house pretty much all day. Oh, that's adorable. And so... I I like to think that he has just adopted my personality uh-huh. um, because we were together so much. Um, and then I have Pepper, who's our oldest cat. I think she's like maybe like 11 at this point. She's pretty, pretty old. And um, we got her as a kitten. She was a stray. Uh-huh. Um, and she's a sweetie. She's, she's an old woman now. She doesn't really like to go outside or do much of anything but lay around, but... My sister looks after her at this point. And then we have two more cats that are like, not baby babies, but they're like only like a year old at this point. Um, we uh. have Loki um, and Parrish. And they're both, they both are almost identical. Like they look like, they have like, they're the exact same shade of gray and they're similar body types. So it's really hard to tell them apart. So we keep a collar on Parrish so we know which one is him That's from so a distance. Sweet. And also, I grew up on a farm, so we have, like, a bunch of cows and stuff as well. Like we have I don't think I knew that. Oh, that's so cool. I don't think I've talked about... I just have my one dog, Macy. She's a Labradoodle. We used to have a chinchilla, but Twinkie died um, last year. R.I.P. But I think I remember when that happened. Yeah, because I think I was having a bad week, and I was like, I'm. this is just the icing on the cake. The chinchilla dies. But anyways, it was harder for my sister than it was for me. It was my sister's pet. But yeah. Love that little thing. We used to have all kinds of like hamsters and gerbils and stuff like that, but uh-huh. 
they all had like crazy traumatic deaths, which I feel <laughs> like I feel like everyone has a crazy traumatic small rodent death story. Oh, not Twinkie. He just passed. My sister just said he was slowing down one day and then I don't know why I'm talking about this on the podcast. He's slowing down? He was just slowing down one day. I'm sorry, Lexi, if you're listening. He's just slowing down, and then the next day she went in, and he was just dead. I remember whenever I was a kid, and my sister had two gerbils. And you need to have more than one gerbil because they're very, like, what do you call it? Like, they like to have company, uh-huh. and they get really lonely if they don't. Uh-huh. Um, and that, that'll come up later. Um, because, (laughs) because, so she had like her birthday party or whatever. And, you know, my sister was really little at the time and, and everybody who was at her birthday party just wanted to play with her gerbils. Um, and obviously whenever they went to bed, Chloe was like, okay, we need to put them all back in their cage and we can get them out tomorrow morning. Well, my cousin who's always been an early riser, wakes up early and is like getting, like got them out to play with them without permission. And, um, they had them out and Chloe like got out of the bed in the morning and was like really frantic and scared because they had them out. And she was like, what are you doing? And in her franticness, she stepped on (gasps) No, she didn't. (laughs) And, and like, it's like not her fault at all. But, like, she stepped on one of them and killed it. And then the other one, the other one um, lasted, I think, maybe, like, a month because it was so lonely. And it, like, died of grief. Oh, my God. I know. It's crazy. (laughs) Okay, well, it's about a 50-50 whether I leave these uh, rodent deaths in the podcast. But if later Lena decides to leave it in, you guys are just had a little treat there. So thank you to Lena Grant. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy. Sorry. Yeah, so sorry. Hopefully, <laughs> trigger warning. I'll put a trigger warning at the beginning. Yeah, Just but... in case you guys are wondering, we're about to talk about rodent deaths. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're talking about today. We're talking about relationships. And Grant and I talk about healthy relationships a lot. We, in our free time, I don't know. We've had multiple conversations about this. I know. And um, we're not claiming to be experts or anything. We're just two little kiddos who talk about this a lot. And yeah, I've done a lot of research into the topic. And we're just going to share uh, our advice with you and things that we've learned being in college. Because I know I'm going to ask you about this later, but nobody ever taught me about any of this. And so this is just what I've learned because yeah. I have <clears throat> trialed and errored. So, yeah. yeah. Um, but what are some, let's start with green flags. What are some green flags that you see in relationships that are very healthy in whether romantic or friendships? I think green flags are definitely like whenever I'm looking at a relationship from the outside and I see that they can have healthy discourse and like arguments, quote unquote, like, I guess you don't want to be like arguing with your partner or friend all the time. Mm-hmm. Because then, like, that's probably, like, a deeper issue. But, like, being able to have a disagreement with your partner and it not be something that completely destroys the relationship Mm -hmm. or, like, sends you both into a spiral. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, so we disagree and it's okay to disagree because we are not the same person Mm -hmm. and we don't have to be exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I think also just feeling comfortable to be able to bring things up to each other. Even if it's not something you disagree on, but like, oh, this made me upset and I just want to bring it up to you. And just being able to do that. Yeah. And not feeling like you have to tiptoe around them. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, for me, like, I think whenever I see a, a relationship where, like, one person or they both need a lot of reassurance in each other, that can be... I guess that's kind of delving into red flags, but it's okay. We can talk about both. (laughs) But I feel like that can be a little worrying sometimes because it can be people are imperfect, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's, if you're going to like put all of yourself into something and like put all of your self-worth into somebody else, they're going to fail you. Mm -hmm. Um, And so people, when people do that, like you're, you're bound to fail. You need to be secure in yourself first. Yeah. That also goes into, like, there's many other people who know much more about attachment styles than I do. Mm -hmm. But I have researched it a little bit. But there's, like, the different attachment styles, like, anxious and secure and so on. And um, it's always good to know what yours is because I would just think the more that we learn about these things and the more that we learn about ourselves and how we relate to people, the better we can be about having healthy relationships because if you know you're prone to something then you're going to be more aware of it and trying not to do that yeah i know i struggle a lot with like detachment Mm -hmm. and like pushing people away Mm -hmm. and i think i did some research on it and it was just kind of like i don't know just some like interesting trauma stuff but it's just like be like let's delve into what happened in your childhood and you're like no yeah it's just like (laughs) oh uh nobody gave you love whenever you were a child and it's like oh and this is this is how we know yeah. You're like, oh, God. Oh, um, yeah, I'm crazy how some random thing on the internet can kind of pin you down really fast. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it's good to know. Yeah. Either way. I say back to green flags. Um, I think whenever people show genuine interest in each other, yeah. um, not just for, not just like physically, I guess, like, like romantically, they're like, oh, like, I'm really attracted to you. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to be around you. But like, whenever, like, for instance, my mom and my dad, like one instance that comes up is my mom doesn't really care about cars or anything like that. And that's one of my dad's like biggest passions. He Mm -hmm. went to school for mechanical engineering. He loves working on cars. He loves going to car shows. And my mom doesn't really care, but she does care because my dad cares. cares. And she's so excited to go with him to do stuff with anything to do with cars and stuff like that because she wants to spend time with him. But also she wants to know what he loves Mm -hmm. because she cares about him. So I think like stuff like that where you... Try out new things because you love this person and you want to know them for who they are and you don't want to be like, put down what they love just because you don't understand it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I was going to say, you kind of covered it, but just like whenever it's things that you wouldn't normally be super interested or things that you wouldn't normally like, but you want to, but you are interested in it because you're interested in your partner, that's always a big green flag because... I don't know if you're just like, I don't want to do this because I don't like this, but they really enjoy it. Then it's maybe we should rethink the relationship (laughs) because if you're interested in that person, you should be interested in the things that they like and the things that they want to do. 
Yeah. So. And not just to like get something out of it, but mm-hmm. because you genuinely want to. And I feel like this should go without saying, but it's way more common than you think if the person is continually making you happy all the time. There's so many relationships, specifically like college and high school, where it's just so much fighting, so much sadness, so much anger, but you just get caught in this like bad cycle. And so you should really start to think about, is this person actually making me happy more often than that? Yeah. And it should be a lot more more often than not. But I feel like there's so many relationships that are just like, they go on and on and on and on. And they're obviously not, they're at a point where they're not happy anymore with each other. Yeah. And that's just like big red flag. Yeah. Like I had a relationship in high school that was really difficult for me. And it was a lot of that where it was just Mm -hmm. a lot of fighting and um, just a lot of discomfort Mm -hmm. all around. And I'm going to mention my mom again, but my mom, (laughs) my mom said something to me and she was like, I know it probably doesn't mean a lot right now, but like relationships and whenever you find the one or whatever, if there is a one, if you believe in that, it, it it shouldn't be hard. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't have to work for it. Mm -hmm. Um, you shouldn't have to fight for the person that you love. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that it's not going to be, like, difficult at times, but it's not going to just be continuously work and work and work and work. Like, there's going to be times whenever you're really happy and you're really content. Mm -hmm. Um, But if it's none of that, then maybe you should rethink where you are. Yeah, that's a question I wrote down for later, but I was just going to ask. So many, a lot of people do talk about, uh, specifically, like, married couples are, like, it's not always going to be sunshine and roses and relationships are work and relationships are hard and da 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 And I don't always agree with that mindset because, yes, there is a lot of work that you have to put into these things. And obviously, I've never been married. But there is a certain aspect of, like, you probably could find someone who would be a better, where it could be less work. Because these people are so, like, just wait till you get married and wait till... Like, you have to work yeah. for all these things. And I'm just like, I feel like you should be wanting this. And you should be happy to do the work with the person if it's the right person. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that last thing, that last sentence you said is good. Like, the, it's going to be work, but it should be, you should be happy to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, it shouldn't be like, you're like, God, I just don't want to spend another day with this person. Yeah. Like, you should be like, oh, I want to spend another day with this person. Yeah. I have to put in the work to, 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 for it to continue to be healthy uh-huh. and for it to continue to be happy. But it is happy for mm-hmm. me to do it, the work. Yeah. Um, and to, like, fix the problem. Like, you should want to fix the problems and things like that. Yeah. I mean, you shouldn't dread it. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of similar to whenever, <laughs> whenever you hear, like, your parents talk about how hard it is to have kids and how they're like oh I can't stand like you have no idea how much work it is and how like my entire life was taken away because I had you and stuff Uh, like that scary I know (laughs) but like for real it's like why did you have kids then yeah like why are you like you I didn't choose this yeah you chose this Uh you wanted this so mm-hmm. why are you saying that it's like, like you're acting like it's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? Yeah. It's like maybe you shouldn't have. 
And then they're like, why does nobody want to have kids? <laughs> or why does nobody want to get married or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like, maybe because it doesn't sound all that appealing. I feel like our generation of, like, Gen Zers, I guess, are very much, like, we're going to go to therapy and we're going to make sure that this relationship is healthy and we're going to do this before we mm-hmm. bring a child or before we get married or before we do any of these things. Like, we're going to take a lot more time to, like, think and process and... Where I feel like our parents' generation was, like, their parents were just, like, get married, have kids, get a job, da 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 And it was a lot less, I mean, obviously, everyone thinks things through. But I feel like our generation specifically is really into learning how to have healthy relationships and learning how to not bring our, like, parents' problems onto our kids and just keep the cycle going, you know? Mm-hmm. And... I, don't know, I, feel, I just feel like there's a lot more effort into trying to fix our own problems and have healthy relationships. But I think we're also just like the therapy generation anyway, who is like really into self-help and things like that. Speaking on that, did anyone ever teach you about healthy relationships or did you figure it out slash learn it on your own? Um, I kind of had to figure a lot of stuff out on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mentioned that my mom... I've mentioned my mom a couple of times and while I do think she was a really big help for a lot of stuff, I still do feel like there were a lot of points where my parents weren't a whole lot of help. So like, I think my parents kind of like said they were happy a lot of times, but then they weren't really happy um, with themselves and each other. And I think they, sh- they showed me, I don't want to be like, they showed me what not to do. Um, but they showed me the importance of knowing yourself and working yourself out before you hop into a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think they've definitely gotten better, especially over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. But like whenever I was in high school, it was kind of a mess mm-hmm. in the house. Um, and... So I think I, – I definitely think going to therapy, not only for yourself, but I think couples therapy, even before you're married, is is awesome. Like I think if you, if you just have a bunch of issues, that shouldn't be the reason you go to couple th- couples therapy before you're married. But if you have a healthy relationship and you want to get married to somebody and you're really happy – I do think couples therapy is awesome because even if you're like, oh, I'm really happy, shit is going to hit the fan mm-hmm. like, and you're and you're going to have to deal with something eventually. Mm-hmm. And if you're not prepared to deal with it, then that's whenever stuff starts crumbling. Yeah. Because you're like, oh, we've never had conflict before and now we have conflict. How do we do anything mm-hmm. now? So I think therapy can really give – I think therapy obviously gives you the tools to – deal with stuff whenever it happens it's like preemptively i don't know the word dealing with it preemptively yeah preemptively dealing with it (laughs) um yeah and also i am very much i want to know how to do a healthy relationship at least for myself Mm -hmm. and how to love myself and how to love somebody else the proper way before i bring anybody else in because I don't want to not be able to teach a small person 
how to have a healthy relationship with their partner and friends Mm -hmm. and themselves and just the world in general. Yeah. Um, Because like giving somebody else the tools while they're really young, imagine what they could do. Yeah. If people like us didn't have the tools and we feel like we're... Until we're, yeah, now. Yeah. And now we're... Because there's a certain part, like, obviously you can watch your parents, if you think your parents have a really healthy relationship, you can watch other people, but there's a different, um, it's different to just see it. And if you think that that's a healthy relationship to like, know like this is how it should be and to actually learn how to apply those things in your own life. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people who are just like, well, you see your parents and your parents have a healthy relationship. So you should be able to do that. And I'm like, no, but it's really different than just seeing that and how it should be. And then translating that into me myself and a whole nother person yeah and i mean like you're you are similar to your parents kind of like how you're similar to your siblings in ways but like Mm -hmm. you're not the same person yeah so even if you see them doing a healthy relationship like how does that apply to you and how like am i gonna make myself have a healthy relationship with my own unique Mm -hmm. traits and i think i was gonna say you were talking about couples therapy i think even if like like, when you're young, whatever, you might not be going to couples therapy if you're, like, a high school student or college student, whatever yeah. it may be. But I think there's a big – it can be super helpful to talk about your relationship and some of the issues in your relationship just to your friends and to other people. Mm-hmm. Because I know I never talked about anything from my relationships with my friends and other people because I thought they judged me or, like, think their relationship was bad and things like that. And – the relationship was bad. And <laughs> I should have, if I had just mentioned some of the things that were happening to other people, they would have been like, whoa, that's that's horrible. We cannot be doing this. But I just didn't say anything to anybody. And so it just kept going on longer and longer and longer. And so I would say it, it never hurts to get a second opinion. If you think something is kind of iffy going on in your relationship and you're young and you don't really know how things should be, and it's like one of your first relationships, maybe it doesn't hurt to mention it to some other people. And I think even if it's not therapy, even if it's just like a friend or a trusted older sibling or a somebody, just talk about it and get advice from other people because I didn't and I really should have. Okay. Do you have advice for people creating healthy boundaries in relationships? Ooh. Um, this is one of those things that I haven't always been very good at and I think I'm still kind of learning. Mm-hmm. I think one thing is especially for me, just because it feels good emotionally, physically, whatever, doesn't mean it is good. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had quite a few moments of slipping into like horrible things just because I'm like, oh, like this feels good in the moment and that's awesome. But like deep down I could feel that I was maybe making a mistake, but I just ignored it because I was like no no like it can't feel good and I'd be making a mistake right mm-hmm. like I should just do what I want to do yeah um so yeah definitely evaluate that and then also b- beforehand like evaluate them beforehand if you're going your boundaries yeah mm-hmm. um because if you're in the moment you're always going to have looser boundaries mm-hmm. than you would um, beforehand. Mm-hmm. 
because you know like when when you're in the moment you you know you don't want to hurt the other person's feelings you're like oh well you know like that'd be sad if uh, i didn't do this or or i'd be sad if i didn't do this or it would be awkward mm-hmm. if you're with someone who's reasonable and a good person and somebody who you should spend your time with and then they're not going to be upset if you set boundaries yeah They'll be like, okay, and they'll respect it and they'll step back and it won't be awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be awkward for you for a second because you think that it's going to be weird. Mm-hmm. But once you realize that the other person is comfortable with stepping back, um, again, whether this is a friend or a partner, because it could be something physically or it could be a friend that's like overstepped your boundaries. Maybe they said something that was like, maybe they made a joke about something that you're offended by, like... You don't have, like, it doesn't have to be about them doing something wrong because mm-hmm. sometimes they don't know. Like, if it's a friend who made a joke about something that was in your childhood and that, like, struck a nerve that is deep down and you haven't told them about it, mm-hmm. if you're like, hey, so this is kind of how that made me feel and this is why it made me feel that. If that's a true friend, they're going to be like, I am so sorry. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you don't have to be a dick about it either. Like, you can be like, yeah, it's oh, it's okay. Like, yeah. like, I appreciate you taking the time and, and, and respecting me at this point. And mm-hmm. then, boom, you have yourself a little healthy relationship at that point. Because that person now knows why and how they hurt you, but they know... That you're not upset with them because you know it wasn't their fault. Mm -hmm. And now you know that they won't do it again. And then that's how you form, like, trust in a relationship. And then same thing with, like, physically. If somebody does something physically and, like, maybe takes something too far and you're like, hey, I want to wait a little bit longer. I want to get to know you more emotionally. I want this to be... I, cause I genuinely care about you and I want to take this, like, I don't want this to just be a physical relationship. I want us to know each other emotionally as well as physically. Mm-hmm. And then, and if they're a reasonable person and they love you how they should, they'll be like, yes, I absolutely agree. I think we should also, like, I think it would also be beneficial for us to take this slower. And then, and then again, you have yourself a little semi-healthy relationship at least if you're doing stuff like that Mm -hmm. so I think it's just important to be open because and you also have to remember that the boundaries aren't just yours Mm -hmm. um I found myself kind of forgetting that like you know other people have boundaries too Mm -hmm. and like just because I'm okay with my boundaries being pushed to one level doesn't mean that somebody else that I'm with is okay with that as well so like you also have to be receptive to criticism. If somebody's like, mm-hmm. hey, you push my boundaries a little too far. Yeah. And you have to be like, oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And realize that that's not your fault. It's not anybody's fault. It's just a thing that happened. Mm-hmm. And now you know not to do it again. Yeah. Um, so just being gracious, I think, with yourself and others through the process of getting to know each other. Because... We're all little babies 
<laughs> and we we don't know what's going on. We don't know anything until we're told. So I think yeah. also remembering that like a boundary is not someone trying to like hurt you or trying to do anything. It's someone trying to continue a relationship with you because exactly. it's either they set the boundary or that relationship ends basically. Yeah. And or it's like hurt or yeah. it can't be mended again. Right. And so if you really want to be friends with someone, want to be in a relationship with someone, you should want to make sure that you're not overstepping any of their boundaries. Yeah. And love them how they want to be loved. Yeah. And you mentioned, uh, what did you say? Oh, making sure that you know what all your boundaries are beforehand, whether that's like a physical thing or it's you and your partner have um, boundaries whenever you're going to have an argument where like we don't, call names or we don't raise our voices, raise our voices, anything. So then if somebody does that, you can be like, we've already d- decided this is not going to happen. So we're going to like run it back and make sure that we're not doing these sort of things. And having them beforehand is always great because I know sometimes like you're in the moment and you're really frustrated and like whatever the boundary may be, make it cross. And then you can be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like I need to take a little walk around the park and like make sure I calm down so that I can yeah. come back and we can talk about this and not cross each yeah. other's boundaries or anything like that. And that's that. also like a nice moment for the other person because if you like say you're in an argument and you say that, that what we're not going to do is raise our voices mm-hmm. and you raise your voice. And if you stop yourself and you're like, I'm so sorry, let me take it back. and Let me, let me take a second to calm down and then I'm going to come back to this. Like, that is such a nice moment for the other person mm-hmm. because you may be having an argument, but then you realize, oh, wait, this person does still love me. Mm-hmm. Like this person does still want the best for me. Yeah. Even if we're disagreeing on something stupid, like, yeah. like I burned dinner or something like that, <laughs> like <laughs> something, something stupid. Yeah. It's cause you're like, oh wait, no, they still respect my boundaries, even though like they still love and respect me, even though. Mm-hmm. I did this or they did this or whatever. Oh, you mentioned whenever people um, like cross one of your boundaries because of like something that happened to you that you have this boundary that they don't know about. Like it's totally fine. You mentioned like sharing why. It's totally fine to share why if you feel comfortable like that. But yeah. if it's a friend or a partner, they should also respect your boundary even if they don't know why. And if you say like this is just something that I'm not okay with – they don't have to know that something happened to you. Like, they should just be okay with that no matter what it is. And you shouldn't feel like you have to explain yourself. Yeah. Because I know something I've been pretty open about is I was sexually assaulted my freshman year. And so things are very different for me now in terms of, like, physical things with friends, physical things with in relationships, no matter what it is. Yeah. And I'm pretty open about it, but I don't always talk about it whenever I like set a boundary with someone. I'm like, nope, that's not okay. We're not going to do that. And I'm not perfect. I definitely still feel sometimes like feel like I'm being like too much for setting this boundary or I'm being like, I should be more normal in terms of like the way that other people act, like especially with like friends things. But um, I'm definitely getting better through therapy. But like I try, I know like things are different for me. And so I try to set those boundaries, even if I don't explain why. And almost all the people who are good enough to be in my life anyway aren't gonna be upset at me for those things. And they're gonna want to stay in my life even if I have, like, weird things that I don't want to happen, you know? 
How would you recommend trying to find good friends in college? Because that can be a struggle. <laughs> yes. And it was it was a pretty heavy struggle for me freshman year. Um, I think that now I've really settled into who I consider my really close friends. Um, but freshman year, I definitely jumped from friend group to friend group to friend group and mm -hmm. from person to person just trying to find somebody that I really meshed with. And... I would say be really comfortable with not being friends with people, mm -hmm. um, which sounds like the exact opposite. But I, <laughs> I got I would get really really offended, or maybe not offended is the right word, but just like upset if somebody didn't want to be friends with me, mm -hmm. um, or if maybe our friendship didn't work out and it wasn't as as nice as I wanted it to be or whatever. And we didn't jive as well as I would have liked. I think realizing that like not everybody is going to be your best friend is like, just because you really, really want them to be, that doesn't mean that that's the role that, that they're going to have in your lives. Mm -hmm. um, because the people I'm really good friends with now didn't really come to me because I really, really wanted them to be my best friends, but just because of happenstance. Yeah. Um, but the people, people I really wanted to be my friends, I like would get really frustrated with and I would have a whole lot of anxiety just because like their lifestyle and the way that they viewed the world and things in their lives didn't really jive with the way I did. And that's not a bad thing mm -hmm. just because they view the world differently and they want to do different things and they want to talk about different things. That doesn't mean that they're bad people. It just means that they're not people that I need to be best friends with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just being willing to <laughs> not be friends with people and wait, yeah. and wait for the right people. Cause they will, they will come if you just yeah. look. And I know that sounds really stupid, but in high school, I can understand why that might not be the best advice. But in college, whenever people are getting a little more reasonable mm -hmm. and it's no longer like, let's bully people <laughs> and be mean for no reason. Yeah. Because people are starting to, <laughs> people's hormones are starting to go down <laughs> and we're starting to chill out a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think also totally just like wait, not feeling like you have to rush into yeah. having the best friends because the people that I was hanging out with right when I got to college were not, I mean, I, they're great people. I'm still friends with those people, but they're not like the best friends for me. And we just didn't have the same like outlooks on how people should be friends with each other. And I think treating your friendships a little bit more not like seriously, but like putting a little more weight into who you're picking to be friends in your life. Because I know I used to just be like, I want to hang out with this person because they do the same stuff as me. Or I want to hang out with this person because of whatever. But whenever you find your real right people who like the people who also want to be friends with you as much as you want to be friends with them, then you're going to know that it's right. And that like, these are the people that you want to hang out with them, it's so much easier. 
Because also another thing I feel like so often, whether it's like been me or it's been my other people who I'm friends with who are just struggling, there's so often where the level of commitment is not the same on both sides of the friendship. Yeah. And that's where I feel like so much of the struggle lies is one person is like, I do this for them and I do this for them and I want to hang out with them this much and I ask them to do this and they never ask me to do anything. And I'm like, well, maybe they don't want to be your friend as much as you want to be friends with them. And you should find someone who's like on your same level of commitment. Yeah. If that makes sense. And like just because you want to be friends with somebody doesn't mean that it's the best fit. Um. Because also, I was going to talk about this in terms of romantic relationships, but it also works in friendships. It's something I talked about in therapy, where the dopamine levels in your brain, it's why we get so addicted to, like, toxic cycles and things like that. It's not, you don't get the most dopamine when you're constantly being, um, like, given positive feedback. You get the most dopamine whenever, or constantly given negative feedback. It's whenever you get a lot of positive feedback and then nothing for a while and then a little bit less positive feedback and then nothing for a while and then a little bit less. So if you see where I'm going with this, like in a toxic relationship, it's really good in the beginning, then it can be really bad, but then it's good again and then it's really, really bad and then it's like, okay again and your brain just gets addicted to these like, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be okay and it's going to get back to that good place, but it's never really getting back to where it was. And it's bad most of the time, but your brain is just so addicted to that loop. And that can be in, it's more often, I'd say, in romantic relationships, but it can be that way in friendships too. If you're, like, sometimes it's really good and your friend always wants to hang out with you and then sometimes it's not. And then you just get addicted to that constantly. And you just need to be on the lookout for that sort of thing. Because if you're not looking for it and you're not used to things like that happening, it can be really easy to get caught in a cycle of something like that. Especially for like people pleasers and those sorts. Mm. Okay, this one is for you, mostly. How is it different being in a long-distance relationship than not being in a long-distance relationship and how do you have to change the way you're communicating? And Because Grant has not talked much about Josie, but Grant is in a long-distance relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, I, I will say that the long-distance relationship I'm in is not as long distance as some people's. Like some people are in relationships that are across the world or across mm-hmm. the country. Um, Josie just goes to school two and a half hours away. Mm-hmm. And it's like not super. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Is that your be real? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, Josie goes to school like two and a half hours away. So we get to see each other every few weekends and she'll drive up. Um, I try to drive up. I try to, I try to drive down to her and see her. Um, but it's harder for me to drive down because I have nowhere to stay mm-hmm. whenever I go to see her. Mm-hmm. So if I drive down, it's usually just for the day. So I don't do that as often because it's annoying, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel bad sometimes because I'm not <laughs> afraid that I'm like, oh, I'm not doing as much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, navigating it has been interesting because the longest we've ever been together is winter break. This past mm. winter break. Um, That's crazy. We've been together for 10 months. And the longest is like 
uh, what is that? A couple three, weeks. Two weeks, three yeah. weeks, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's really interesting. I do think it's been good for me because I definitely have in the past gotten myself to where I'm like addicted to spending time with the person mm-hmm. and like I can't just be myself and I can't just yeah. step back and like <laughs> realize that, oh, I am my own person yeah. and I can do my own things and I can hang out with my own friends and stuff like that. So I think it's been good for me in that aspect because I've been able to not like just cut off the rest of my life and mm-hmm. I've been able to continue with the rest of my life as normal, but I do have somebody with me, um, which has been nice. We call each other like every night and talk to each other at the end of our days and kind of catch up on like how our days have gone because like with both of us being in college and both of us have pretty busy majors, Mm -hmm. um, we can't really talk during the day. Um, especially not, um, Texting. Mm. Calling. Sorry. Other way around. Especially not calling. Mm. Um, texting we do every now and again, but mm-hmm. like like during the day. But it's like sparse. It's like, look what I have for lunch. Yeah. Or um, like, look at this. Look, look at the picture of this thing. Or, or like, this just happened. Mm-hmm. But like, that'll be it. We can't really have like conversation, conversation. Um. But at nights we 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 do that and we'll fall asleep on the phone and stuff like that, which is sweetie. And every now and again we'll have like sweetie. <laughs> every now and again we'll have like um, movie dates where we'll like put on the same movie mm-hmm. and we'll like watch it on Facetime together. Um, which has helped with like I know like Hulu and Netflix have like um, watch party stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that kind of works. Hulu kind of sucks. Uh-huh. Um, as far as watch parties go. Because, uh, like, whenever there's an ad in the middle of, like, a TV show, it gets all desynced, and then it doesn't sync back up. Mm-hmm. And it's, well, yeah, so you just have to do it manually. So you might as well not even have the watch party. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's see. What was the question? <laughs> oh, is it, what's the best? Oh, how is it different being in a long-distance relationship just in terms of, like, having a healthy relationship and making sure that, mm-hmm. I don't know, do you guys have any, do you have anything to say about, I feel like jealousy comes in a lot in long distance relationships. Yeah. I've heard. And like, how do you try to combat that and things like that? Yeah. I think I, I can't speak for her on her end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know like, like she has, she has guy friends that she hangs out with and stuff like that. And I, and sometimes I'll get, I'll, I'll, I'll get kind of like jealous but not like i would say jealous not in the way that it's like oh like she's cheating on me or anything like that yeah. like i i think i just trust her enough to know that she wouldn't do that mm-hmm. um at least i'd like to think i can trust her <laughs> enough. um who knows but i mean i genuinely don't think she would cheat on me or anything like that but i will say like i i can get jealous in the way that i'm like i wish i was spending time with her you know mm-hmm. um but i feel like that can happen regardless of like gender of who she's hanging out with like yeah it can or, be some of her her that could be her roommate or anything like that i'm just like man i wish i was yeah i was there doing stuff mm-hmm. with her um and so i imagine that she's probably similar i like to think that i don't give off the aroma that i would 
<laughs> cheat on her. Yeah. Um, and I hope, I certainly hope that she doesn't think I would. Um, but yeah, I would, I'll say that I think it's, I think long distance really shows, <laughs> really rears its ugly head whenever it's like, there's only, we only have like two days to spend with each other mm-hmm. whenever she'll like come into town because it just never feels like it's enough. Yeah. Um, cause you know, in Nashville, there's so many things to do and there's so many things that I want to do mm-hmm. with her and we, we don't really have time. Like, we'll wake up and and then we'll get ready for the day. And then it's like 11 p.m. And then we're like, oh, geez, what should we do? And then we go somewhere and then we do like two things. And then it's already like almost the end of the day. And usually whenever she comes up, it's whenever I have a show. So like for Into the Woods, I like we had a matinee on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So she came up to see... Like, she came up Friday night to see it, and I had a show Friday night. And then Saturday morning, we went to go get breakfast, but then we had call time at, like, 12. Mm-hmm. So I had to go. And then we had, like, an hour in between the two shows. Yeah. Um, and then at night, I was tired, and I wanted to go to bed. I didn't really want to go out and do anything. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up in the morning on Sunday. And I had another and show. I, and I had another <laughs> show. So, like, we didn't really have a whole lot of time to do anything, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so it can kind of feel... It can kind of feel a little sad sometimes whenever you're like, oh, I kind of wanted to like go to the bins and like go thrifting or I wanted to go to this coffee shop that I wanted to show her or mm-hmm. do something. Also, we I'm just broke, you yeah. know, with yeah, yeah, like yeah. college and stuff like that, which uh-huh. I feel like most college students can relate to. So it's kind of difficult to go anywhere or do anything, especially in Nashville mm-hmm. where it's like really expensive to go or do anything. Um, but... Yeah, and then also, like, it can be difficult whenever we don't spend too much time together. And then so, like, whenever we do get together, that's the time whenever we want to work out any problems that we may have. Yeah. So it kind of, like, you can fall into maybe thinking that, like, oh, all all the time we spend together, we we are... Like, saving up. Or arguing or something yeah. like that. But it's like, whenever you really think about it, you're like, oh, no, like... It's because all of the time we have together, we have to spend on working on stuff that we want to because we love each other and we want to work mm-hmm. on stuff. Like we said, but like if <laughs> if you're not thinking about it heavily, it can sometimes feel like, oh, I feel like we I feel like we have problems a lot. And it's like, well, no. Yeah. Like you have to you we don't, but well, especially if you two are a type of couple that wants to talk about things in person. Yeah. Then it's going to be that way because you aren't in person that often. So. Yeah. And it is just easier to talk about stuff in person. Yeah. Um, over text, you just shouldn't talk about <laughs> important oh, things. things can get so spun. Um, and... Yeah, which I know some, a lot of people know about, but I also know a lot of people don't. Yeah. So it's just like it's very important not to talk about anything important over text. Um. Regardless of whether it's, like, emotional, like, if you're just making plans yeah. that, like, you like you just need to have, be done quickly, like, don't text. Just call the person. Um, but, yeah, but generally we also don't really like to do stuff over the phone. Especially because the only time we get to talk over the phone is at night. Uh-huh. 
And so <laughs> whenever. Right, when you're like all tired. Yeah, I'm like tired. I'm trying to go to bed. And yeah. I'm like, God, I just don't want to talk about this right now. Yeah. I have no desire to, yeah, to yeah, talk yeah. about anything. Um, because I'm like, because, because you know, I, most people are like this. But whenever I'm tired, I just get really emotional. Mm-hmm. And so like she'll she'll be like, oh, this is something you did that upset me. And then I'm like. And then since I'm so tired, I'm like, oh, like, she's, like, directly attacking me. Uh-huh. Like, no, no, she's not. She, again, earlier, she's just <laughs> stating her boundaries. <laughs> and But, like, I'm so tired. I'm like, no, she's hurting my feelings. Yeah. Um, so, so that's why I don't like to talk about stuff at night because I usually get butthurt about stuff for no reason. Well, even just, like, knowing that about yourself, then – I think so much of this is like learning about yourself before you bring another person in. <laughs> yes. Because there's so many things like if you don't know that you get really, really butthurt at night, then you're going to be in a relationship and you're going to be arguing and you're just going to freak out. But if you just knew that about yourself and yeah. you took some time to do some self-reflection, then yeah. you, yeah. And I have like a horrible tendency whenever I'm upset to like say, like for the people I'm close to say exactly what I know what will hurt their feelings the most. Because, you know, it's crazy defense mechanism. Uh-huh. It's just, like, terrible. Yeah. Um, but I am really trying to work on, but it's just, like, but I just get so, like, scared and so feel so backed into a corner. I start lashing. And... Yeah. But if you know that, yeah. then it's, like, you can start to work on it. But if you don't <laughs> even know those things about yourself. One last thing. Is there anything that you've found like in certain relationships that have really worked in keeping their relationship continually being healthy? Just like whether it's like certain communication styles or certain things that you do with a partner or something like that that you found really helps. I think being sure that you're not only spending time with them. Mm -hmm. Um, Like find friends that you can hang out with. Mm -hmm. With the two of you and and the rest of your friend group. And, like, let it be just time to hang out with your friends. Like, the, your partner can be there and your partner can spend time. But just not only spending time with your partner. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like a roommate. Like, if you're only... If, if I'm going back to my room and mm-hmm. I always have somebody in my room and I can never, like, decompress by myself. Because yeah. I'm very much a person who needs time by myself. Mm-hmm. I will implode regardless of who it is. It can be somebody that I love very much. Like my roommate now. Mm -hmm. Um, I love Hudson dearly. We love you, Hudson. We love you, Hudson. (laughs) Um, But it is so like if I lived in the same room as him, which I don't, we like live in a little apartment, like with our separate rooms. Um, But if I lived in a room with him, I probably strangle him at some point. I just, it's so hard. And recognizing that just because you're like burnt out on people in general and that you need time alone, that doesn't mean you don't like the other person. That just means you need your time alone, mm-hmm. as people do. Yeah. Even if you're an extrovert who just loves spending time with people all the time, like you need you need your time alone to like be in your thoughts and because like that's whenever you work on yourself, mm-hmm. and that's whenever you are like, how did my day go? went well like you process your own emotions through that mm-hmm. um I don't really remember what the question was but that's what I had oh to say. it was do you have any things that you found in your relationship that really helps keep yeah. your relationship healthy yeah so funnily enough spending time apart yeah um, I, being your own person yeah 
and like keeping the hobbies that you enjoy, like obviously spending time with the other person and doing their hobbies. But like if you have a hobby to paint or write music or something like that, Mm -hmm. don't like you can enjoy that with somebody else, but also enjoy it with yourself Mm -hmm. and remember why you love that. There was something I saw. I forget who I saw it. If I remember it before I put this up, I will tag the person that I saw it from. But they recommended having, especially like when you're in a marriage or like a like a relationship where you're living together, these sort of things. But I feel like it's never too early to start implementing some of these things 100%. into your relationships. But they always had, it was either like once, I think it was like Sunday nights. They always knew that they were going to take an hour or two hours or whatever it was and talk about problems they had been having in their relationship so that because uh it was oh my gosh it was this guy on tiktok i remember i remember his face i just need to remember what his name is but he talked about how he always would like bundle things up and bundle things up and then they would just explode on his partner and um the partner would be really surprised because they had no idea that these things were even causing issues but because um but because they had that time set aside Sunday nights to always talk about it, they could bring up, like, smaller things without feeling like it was going to be a big deal. Instead of, like, every single argument they had being a, just big problems that, like, exploded, they had that time like Sunday nights. Up. Yes. They had that time to be like, hey, like, this has been bothering me a little bit. Like, nothing's crazy, but I just want to bring it up and see what you thought about it. And just, like, having that time every week was really great for them. Um, okay. Let's run back through all of our main points and make sure we don't have anything else we want to say. So Grant and I's main relationship advice points were be your own person. Be your own person. <laughs> be your own person. Set I'll boundaries. Set boundaries before getting into a relationship. Yes. Yes. Um, and before anything, whether it be relationship, friendship, anything beforehand. Make sure your partner is very aware of your boundaries. Talk yeah. about things that you guys are comfortable yeah. with and not before they often. happen. Like before the things happen, you establish your own boundaries, <laughs> and you establish you establish your own boundaries, and you establish your boundaries with your partner uh-huh. before anything happens. Yes, that way you don't have any awkward moments. Yes, but if they do happen, that's okay. Yeah, you'll work through it because if you really love the person, they'll yeah. want to work through it with you. So be your own person. Set your own boundaries um, beforehand. Spend time with yourself, which I feel like goes along with be your own person, but yes. still spend time with yourself. Um, don't communicate anything important over text. <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe some people are much better texters, but I'm always a caller. Yeah, I just can't, I can't find myself, um, I can't find myself like being able to put tone over text yeah. or read tone over text. You don't text, want things but. to get spun in ways that you don't want them um, to be. Let's see. Yeah, if, uh, Going along friends, if... Oh, yeah. Um, be okay to not be friends with somebody. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it's not going to work out and that's going to be okay. Yeah. And, like, all the people that I were friends with, like, and it didn't work out, like, I'm st- I still consider myself friends with them. They're just not, like, my best and closest friends. Yeah. But, like, I still like to talk to them and hang out with them. They're still yeah. in my life. It's okay if they're not your best friend. And... And sometimes the people who you think are going to be the best for you are not. Yes. And so just because... Sometimes it not working out is for the best. Yeah. And then also relationships should be work, but not hard work and work you dread. Yeah. It should be happy work and fun work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sometimes the friends that are, you think are the best for you are not the best for you and you'll find the people and it will feel right and find the same type of person who puts in the same amount of effort that you put in 
Yes. As well, because that can just be really draining if you're not putting in the same amount of effort as somebody else. Yeah. Or if they don't even know what kind of effort they need to be putting in. Yeah. Like if if you really like quality time, but they're giving you physical touch and they think they're giving you a bunch of effort, but they're not giving you the right effort, then huh. it can still be not beneficial for you. But if you're not communicating that, they don't know. Um, so I think I think the biggest, biggest, biggest thing mm-hmm. is communication all around. Yeah. Because um, I think that's like the thread that's that's intertwined through all of these points is communication. Mm-hmm. Like talk to your friends, yeah. talk to your partner, talk to your friends, talk to your partner. Um, if they don't want to hear you talk, they don't want to be your friend. Yeah. Like I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry, but if it's you're okay like, to let it go, if you're like, Oh, my partner won't listen to me. Congratulations. You shouldn't be with them. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, like they don't, that's not the right person for you. Yeah. Um, because that's not, that's not sustainable. Okay, lastly, Grant, do you have any podcast recommendations? So I I really love Stuff You Should Know. Uh-huh. Oh, if, I've listened to that, I think. Yeah, I think it's really popular, so I uh-huh. wouldn't be surprised if a bunch of people know it. Yes. Um, I also love TMG. I don't know. Podcast with Cody and Noel. Oh, okay. What is it about? Um it's like a it's like a comedy podcast. Oh, okay. Um they they just kind of talk about like it's like week by week and they just Talk about like events that happen. Okay. But it's really it's funny and I love Good. it. Good. Yeah. Also, That's Life podcast by Abby Murphy. Well, I've already recommended that one. Funny <laughs> Abby Murphy was on the podcast last week. So, yeah. <laughs> That's Life podcast by Abby Murphy is fantastic. You guys should all yeah. listen. And um, you should listen to my episode. If you haven't, listen to my episode with Abby Murphy because she's phenomenal. Yes. Love her. Bye, Grant. Bye. Thank you so much to Grant for coming on the podcast. I had such a great time with him. He took time out of his crazy busy schedule to come record with me. We're both in shows right now and I'm just super thankful that he came because we talk about this topic all the time and now we finally got to record it and I thought that it's something that's going to be super beneficial. I hope that you guys got a lot out of it. Obviously, we're not professionals, but we have put a lot of research and time into this topic and we're really passionate about it. If you want to learn more about me or my story, I have a website, withlovealena.com. That's withlove, A-L-A-I-N-A.com. It's linked in the show notes. And on there, I have an email list you can subscribe to. I have places where you can request topics or ask questions for me or learn more about my story. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you all have an amazing day. And signing off with love, Elena. Thank you.